Hi, Ohana. Welcome to this week's episode of the Married to a Disney Attic podcast. We're your hosts, Matt and Crystal. And this is show number 21. Today, we're joined by our good friend and our preferred travel agent of the Ohana, Sue Passauer. Hi, Sue. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on again. I, I like this. It's, it's, it, we're going to make it a, a weekly thing. This is fun. I love doing this. It's so much fun. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, I, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, I, I love Mary to Disney Addict. Uh, we've got a great growing community and plenty of fun times ahead. All right. I'm excited about what y'all want to talk about today. It's <laughs> one of my favorite festivals ever. And mine too. And I was just going to say, like, I think it's always great when we have a good topic and it's a good thing when we're all very passionate about the same topic. And so today's topic is Epcot's Flower and Garden Festival. So if you're a Walt Disney World fan, you probably are listening to a podcast called Married to a Disney Addict. Do you know that Epcot is Festival Central in Walt Disney World? Uh, it seems like there's only a few weeks out of the year now when Epcot isn't actually hosting one of its, I'll say, extremely popular festivals. They all are pretty popular amongst fans. Um, but if you haven't had the opportunity to visit Epcot during a festival, you really have to make it a priority because they just add like so much more to the park. We love Epcot and the stuff that is just regularly there and what they have to offer. But the festivals really do kind of take it to the next level. Yeah, well, each one um, has similar aspects like food booths or special events that they end up being themed to the specific festival, like the Festival of the Arts, which is ending on Monday. The day this releases is the last day of the uh, Festival of the Arts. And we it's like the last one we haven't been to. We have not been to that one. It's the only one left that we have not been to. Yeah, we have to change that, right, Sue? We'll have to change that next next year. Yeah. You'll have to take a little quick weekend jaunt. Because really, if if you're if you want to experience a festival, it really is the perfect little weekend getaway. You can yeah. fly in late on a Thursday, enjoy the festival Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and take a late flight out on that Sunday. <laughs> you know what I love about Festival of the Arts? So I'm not a big art guy. I, I like I want to go for the festival. They have the food and stuff. I love the nickname. The the <laughs> this is the image no. part of me. No, but I, Disney fans no, call it no, farts. No, it's hysterical. I, re <laughs> I refuse. That's what they call F A R T S. It's the acronym Festival of Arts. I love it. <laughs> no, Crystal I'm upside the head. Listen, the, uh, I need to get out the Italian spoon here. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> bring back bad memories. I feel like right, we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, we really do need to attend the Festival of the Arts. But one of our favorite festivals that happens at Epcot is the Flower and Garden. Yeah, that's what we're talking about it today. It's it's a conversation that we've had quite often. Like, which festival do we like more? And I thought it was actually surprising to myself that I chose that festival out of all of them, right? I always thought that I would prefer food and wine because food, right? Or the festival of the holidays because I love Christmas. And like we said, you know, each of those things has their aspects that we could easily say, that's like my, one of my favorite things. For some reason, overall, it seems like Flower and Garden is the one that sticks out to us. And I know you and me agree with that. Sue, do you have like a favorite Epcot festival? Is it 
Flower and Garden or is it one of the other ones? You know, I I, I think Flower and Garden is is probably at the tops. Running a close second to that is probably Festival of the Holidays. I, I do love them all. I do love um, the International Food and Wine Festival. But there's just something about Flower and Garden Festival that it's refreshing, you know, and it's it's getting ready for summer. It's that it's the bright colors. It's the it's the topiaries. Um, you know, it, it's it's just a great festival. It it runs for a, a, a you know a nice chunk of time. The best thing about the festivals are they're included in your Epcot admission. So it's not something that you have to spend additional money to celebrate and and be a part of. Which I think is great. You know, it's something that we could definitely, we're going to chat about in a little bit where it's one of those things, like how we said earlier, it, it just adds to the park where you don't have to actually pay more to enjoy it. It's there for everybody. And it is the true just like extension of, I kind of think what Epcot and what Disney stands for by doing these different types of festivals and, and letting us enjoy it. And, you know, Flower and Garden, it offers so much that we could really start our discussion, uh, you know, really anywhere about a lot of the aspects that this particular one offers to us. But when we decided to do this topic for today's episode, there was a question that actually popped in my head, and I'd love to ask you guys uh, and get your opinion on it. And it's, right, we said that there's only a few weeks out of the year when Epcot doesn't have a festival going on. They have four, right, four main festivals that they do. Which one do you think kicks off festival season? Like, what's the first festival of the four? Because I think there's like a lot of different ways of looking at it. Like, do you go by just like which one's the first one in the calendar or but which one like starts everything for you guys? I'm a calendar girl. I mean, I, I to me, you go according to the calendar and in the beginning of the festival, it's kind of like a little taste is the festival of the arts it kind of gets the season rolling. You know, it, it's it's a short, that's a short festival. Um, it only goes over, I think, what, three weekends, um, depending on how the weekends fall. But I think that's the start of it. But then I think Disney comes out and says, boom, here I am. <laughs> um, Flower and Garden's here, summer's coming, we're getting ready and look at everything we have to offer. What about you? Which one do you think it's farts or is so it like originally I was feeling flower and garden is like the beginning. like the beginning of festival and then festival of the arts is like the last one. But I like the way Sue's looking at it, like calendar, like the it's like easing us into it. So I will go with that. I always said flower and garden because I went with it being like the first of the big ones and like the whole you know, spring thing and rebirth and the start of the year or whatever. But I, I get farts as well that it would be, as <laughs> you shaking her head, uh, Festival of the Arts uh, being the beginning of the calendar. So I like that. I'm going to actually put that up over on uh, our socials to see what the rest of the Ohana thinks, if it is, in fact, just the calendar or if a certain one kind of stands out more to them. So let's jump into our topic. Sue, Where can you share... Where, do where should we be? Right? Where should where do we start? Well, I think, you know, Sue, you started giving us some of the information 
but like let, let's just kind of reiterate the logistical stuff when it is where you can go to to experience the the flowering garden and then we'll we'll jump into some of those specific things so when exactly up. yeah so it starts february 28th this year it runs all the way till may 27th so i mean three months but that's shorter than normal um typically stays around those days because we've been there in june Oh, the beginning. And it's and no, we've been there like the last week of June and it's been flower and garden. And then the food and wine has started on like July 19th ish. So I'm really like, hmm, why is it so short this year? Um, or is it back to its original? Like last year was just like an extra. You know what? I, I don't necessarily think that it's a bad thing. Um, I like when there's a distinct break between the festivals. Yep. I like that Festival of the Arts ended and there's two weeks before the Flower and Garden Festival begin. Right. Um, so I don't think that's a bad thing. But, you know, so it's three months this year. Which there's a plenty of time. Like three oh, months gives you a very long time to experience. You know, we know that festivals, a lot of the locals like to take advantage of it. But I think one of the reasons they do make these last so long is so even people who are traveling get the opportunity to go and you have enough time to try to plan a vacation. Right. Well, exactly. And, you know, it's one of those things that another great reason to use travel agents. Um, we know when all these festivals are happening. So when you're planning your trip, it's things that we can mention, you know, um, but it is it's three months of time. You know, it runs seven days a week. So it's not like it's just there on the weekends. Um, as we know, a lot of time, the weekends kind of get the locals a little bit more. Whereas during the week, the numbers are down a little bit because people who live locally, although there are many retires, um, they have to work. Right. So it does take the crowds out of the park a little bit. And, and that's kind of nice. But and it runs the entire time at the park, right from like 11 a.m. till close. Correct. Uh, when, when World Showcase kind of opens up in, in the back half there. So it, with that crowd aspect, too, I've always found that when we go, we'll go at 11 o'clock and start enjoying it because the later you go, the more busier it gets. Because I feel like that's the park where a lot of people go for the second half of their day. Or even if those locals are working, they still might come out for an hour or two to go to dinner. So the earlier you go and during the week, I think, is your best bet to avoid some of those crowds. Oh, absolutely, Matt. Um, it, it definitely, you know, it, it's just like going into a park. You know, when do you want to get to the park? You want to be there as soon as it opens. Um, it's less crowds. As the day builds, same thing it's going to be with any of the festivals. If you get there to experience it when it opens, um, the crowds are less. And typically, as the day goes on, they get a little bit more crowded. Um, you know, Epcot is one of those parks, too, where, you know, World Showcase, literally, although there are rides back there now that kind of pop people in um, a little bit earlier, but it doesn't really get up and moving till 11 o'clock. That's right. the standard opening time for World Showcase. But, you know, so it's it's people tend to flow from in that part, front of the park to back of the park. Yeah. So I always say, you know, if you can do it, do the opposite. Do the back of the park first and then yeah. float to the front. It's uh, one of the reasons we 
absolutely love staying at like Boardwalk or Yacht and Beach Club because you could sneak in through that international gateway, the back entrance, and you're right in World Showcase. And we're like, okay, we'll avoid the crowds up in the front. We'll start making our loop. We could hit things before it gets super crowded. Uh, yeah. Which is why I always say that the first country you start in is either UK or France or France. <laughs> And, you know, and that gateway has become much more popular now in the fact with the Skyliner leading back into it, because you've got, you know, Art of Animation, Pop Century, Riviera and Caribbean Beach now that all feed through that international gate in the morning. Yeah. So, but as far as the festival, um, I'll throw the elements out there and, you know, y'all can there's there's food, there's fun and there's flowers. Oh, I like it. I like the three F's. I didn't even think of doing the three F's. I like that, too. Yeah, I like that. There's food, fun, and flowers. Food being the outdoor kitchens, which oh. are, I think I took a look this year. This year, there's 18 outdoor kitchens. So the food part is my absolute favorite part of any festival. Uh, I definitely want to save that one, I think, for last, because I feel like we might be chatting a lot about that. But yeah. it is definitely the part that of all the festivals, because they all have these these food booths and outdoor kitchens of all of the festivals. That's the one part that I enjoy the most out of all of them is yeah. definitely the food. And then you've got the flowers, um, the topiaries. They are spectacular. Um, to me, this is when you can get some of the most beautiful pictures in Epcot. The the flowers, they have the manicured lawns that they just bring alive with the color of the flowers. Um, the topiaries that are everywhere. Right. Um, I think this is probably the best spot to start, right? It is called the Flower and Garden Festival. So I yeah. say we I say we jump right into those topiaries and the gardens and the, uh, you know, I, I don't want to just say flowers and gardens because that's the name of the festival, but yeah, let's, let's chat about that because I feel like that's the thing that it's the one thing that differentiates this festival from all of the other festivals, right? Like I said, they all have the food booths where we'll talk about merch and concerts and most of the festivals have that. They don't have the topiaries and they don't have the gardens. And I think that's the thing that completely changes the park more than anything else in any of the festivals. Like it almost feels empty when you go, if you, if you were to go like right as it ends, right? And you're there and you look at everything and you go a couple of days later and it's all gone. You're like, where am I? It's almost like a completely different park. It really does. It really does. And, and what I love is, you know, they do have some of the topiaries that'll be kind of intermixed in the front of the park and things like that. But they're they're really concentrated in the back of the park throughout the World Showcase. Um, and, you know, they'll kind of try to get them by country and they change every year. You know, I know in years past when you've gone to Germany, they've had topiaries of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah. Um, when you go over to the United Kingdom, they have usually Winnie the Pooh and friends over there. Yeah. You know, but there's always going to be one or two that are just the stars and highlight of the festival. And and they have ones that they tend to bring back, like those fan favorites, right? Like Winnie the Pooh tends to always be there. But they, I think they try to add new ones every year. There's always one or two new topiaries uh, to change it up and to try to, like, bring new 
you know, I guess new IP and stuff into the park. So like I know this year for the upcoming festival, they're going to have a new topiary at the main entrance, which is all based off of the new film Wish. Uh, it says it's going to have Asha, Valentino, and Star in topiary form as soon as you walk into Epcot. So we haven't seen the movie yet, but it's always fun to see a new topiary when you walk in. Right. No, it, it's I think it's going to be um, I think they're going to be gorgeous. I mean, it's one of my favorite things is going around and taking pictures of all of them. Um, you know, they kind of put out a list of them. I mean, you're going to have, of course, Figment is going to be somewhere. I'm sure he'll probably somewhere around Journey, um, you know, World Celebration Plaza, somewhere in that. You know, you'll have, I think it's a Huey, Dewey, and Louie, which kind of is a personal favorite of mine because I have three boys, so it kind of makes uh, fun. They have a new one. They This year, they're going to have Groot from Guardians so of the Galaxy. I'm so um, excited to see how they do that one because he is, in fact, a plant. So to see how they do Groot, like if he's not, I don't know. I don't want to say it because like if he's not actually made of wood, like a tree, I will be a little upset if he's not, you know, if he's just shrubbery. Yeah, flowers. Um, but I'm excited to see how they do it. <laughs> um, yeah, Groot is going to be new this year. I guess I'll hit on some of the new ones I've seen. Um, they're also going to have um, from Coco. Miguel and Dante, they're going to be near the Mexican pavilion. And I just, I think that's going to be um, pretty. I can't believe that this is the first year they're doing that. I feel like that should have been done so long ago because it was, it's a great movie and they're great characters and it fits perfectly with one of the pavilions. So I'm so excited for that one. I think that one's going to be great. Um, I'll be honest with you, the one that I'm looking forward to and I want to see, I've seen kind of like some, drop pictures of it they put is from Encanto. Um, Mirabelle, Antonio, Isabella, Luisa. Um, I've seen some kind of, I don't know if it's concept art or, you know, they're growing these things for months before to get it ready. Um, that one looks really, really pretty. Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for Encanto. I always like seeing the new ones because, like you said, it changes it up. It's 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 a new one to enjoy. I also love seeing the favorites Right. Like I, one of the ones that I really like is, again, I think it's over by um, uh, like UK and Canada is Peter Pan uh, and then Captain Hook in TikTok. I love that one where TikTok is like going after Hook like that. That's just one that always stands out to me as well. But they have tons of them. And the thing I like, too, is it's not all IP. Right. They do try to fit like certain movies that would fit in with the pavilions. But then they also just have regular ones. Right. So like over in Canada, it's kind of funny, but. They have like geese, right? They have the Canadian geese. Or if you go over to um, China, they have pandas. I love yeah, the they pandas. They have a dragon in Japan, right? So it's cool how they also stick to the actual idea of Epcot and bring some of that cultural stuff into the topiaries as well. So right. it's a lot of fun. Great picture opportunities with these things. So. Yeah, and it's a great time. They'll have usually around the main ones, um, the ones at the, the front main entrance, um, probably World Celebration Plaza. Um, some of the big ones they'll have. It's a great pass for photo pass opportunities. Mm. They'll have um, photo pass photographers out there um, that can get it. And if you've got Memory Maker or something like that, it's it's great family photo opportunities. So. Apart from the topiaries, uh, they do also have, so they have these things 
called Global Gardens. We'll get into that in a second. And they also have the flowers. And I think the flowers are one of the more understated parts of the festival. When and when I say flowers, I just mean like the random ones that are put that they're not saying is a global garden or it's not a topiary. And the right. one that really stands out to me and I think is one of those ones, like I mentioned earlier, like when they're not there, you're like, oh, it kind of feels like something should be there are in the the like the lagoon before you get to World Showcase on either side when you're walking. They have like those big floating pots of flowers just throughout the whole thing. And you're like, it brings so much more like color and, and life to what's usually just a pond. Right. And you're like, wow, like these are kind of cool. Just like out there floating. They, and they do, they kind of move around a little bit and stuff. And I really like those types of touches. I do too. And in, in touching on those lagoons right there that, you know, line the walkway going back into world showcase. Um, what I love too, is if you look on the flowered embankments, the, the grass embankments, Mm -hmm. um they'll usually have beautiful designs with really colorful flowers that are in there but you know they do these and maybe if people don't understand exactly what the global garden is um there's a ton of them um in almost every country kind of has its own little garden area that's going to highlight or bring light to something that's related to that country. Like if you're in, I, I think an example of one I was reading about is like in China, there's a bamboo garden. And, you know, for people who are garden nuts, um, you know, love to work outdoors, love all that stuff, this is your festival. I mean, yeah. you can there and learn anything and everything you want about bamboo <laughs> you yeah, know green those green thumb people this is definitely for you this is that you know usually japan will have something with all the bonsai trees and they have some beautiful bonsai trees i think over the course of my life i've had about four of them i don't think you're supposed to be able to kill them but i've managed to do that every <laughs> time I bought one. Um, so I have not bought one in years but one of the gardens that jumped out to me that i'm really excited about is there's a gnome garden that's going in Germany. And I don't know what it is, but I want to see the gnome garden. I'm not quite <laughs> sure yet, but I'm excited about that one. That's funny. That, so, yeah, there's, like you said, there are tons of them. I think there's more of those than there are of topiaries. If not, it's very close. But uh, one that I thought was really cool and that I know Lincoln would absolutely love is the prehistoric garden. So over by Mission Space, they have one where all the plant life that they're showing are plants that have been around on planet Earth since the time of the dinosaurs. So you can I did. I saw that. Yeah. So I was like, that's pretty cool. And I know Lincoln would get a, a kick out of that. But they have, like you said, it's tons of different ones. It's They have more ones that are just about like, here are the plants and the food that would be grown in this part of the world. They have ones that are more you know, specific or educational on a topic like the prehistoric garden. But then they have ones that are more interactive. So they have like camp, get out and play where the kids can go and actually play. Like there's like little playgrounds that they've built into these gardens where the kids have some, some outdoor fun, which we have done those many, many times when we have gone with Lincoln. I know a lot of like people might be like, oh, why are you going to go to a playground if you're at Disney? Like go do this stuff. Sometimes those kids just need to run and jump and climb and get it out. And that's like the perfect little break so you definitely, and they have a few of those little playgrounds kind of scattered throughout Epcot, which is 
is pretty cool and it's a good touch. And I think one of the most popular ones, of course, and neither one of us mentioned this yet, is the butterfly garden. Um, I, I kind of see that as like a totally separate part of the festival because, yeah, we it's something we have. My wife loves it, so we have to do it every time we're there. It is technically one of the global gardens, but I feel it, like it just stands out of, above all of the other ones. Yeah, and it's kind of cool if you have the opportunity to uh, to experience um, the festival over the whole course of the festival or you go at the beginning of the festival and the end of the festival right. because at the beginning of the festival not all of the butterflies have transformed yet so you know you still have you still have quite a few butterflies when they come in that are in cocoons right um, and you can actually at the very beginning actually catch some of them as they're coming out of the cocoons um, and then at the middle of the festival, you have an enormous amount of butterflies in the butterfly garden. Yeah. And then towards the end, they're, they they found ways to escape and you got to look a little <laughs> for them. Um, but it, it is definitely one of the highlights and most popular uh, gardens of the festival. The middle part when they're everywhere. I get a little freaked out when I, I'm not going to lie. I walk in there and they're like flying around. I'm like, Oh God, like there's a, there's a lot of butterflies in there. And yeah, I'm not going to lie. I do get a little freaked out. I love the butterfly house. I it's so like there. calming. It's a good place for, you know, us as adults, but it's also good to take the kids, especially when you need to desensitize them, you know, when they're overstimulated from the parks. I always prefer Epcot in general for my sensory kids because it's more calming for some reason, as opposed to like Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios, which is like, right. you know, the flowers, the gardens, the topiaries, it is definitely a, a garden lover's paradise. It's a it's a photographer's paradise. It is something that, like I said, that is the aspect of this festival that makes it stand out compared to all of the other festivals. And it, it literally fills the park. Right. Like, yes, a lot of it is back in the world showcase, but you get it in the front, too. And it 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 really adds, I think, maybe what's missing to the park sometimes when it's not there, because but it does make it more special for those three months when you get to enjoy it. So it's it's a lot of fun. All right. So, Sue, you I mean, you put it as the three F's. That's the first one. We have flowers. Yeah. Then we have some fun. Have them. The, the, the kids areas. But the real fun Garden Rocks, <laughs> the Garden Rocks concert series, which it rocks every night in um, back in in America. Where else? I mean, if it's gonna if it's gonna rock, it's gonna be in America, right? <laughs> um, the America Gardens Theater is home to the Garden Garden Rocks concert series. And it's every it's every night of the festival, basically, right? And it's it's similar to the one they have during food and wine they have like three shows a night for these bands that come in correct they do they're gonna they're every night they're gonna have shows at 5 30 6 45 and eight o'clock right. um plenty of opportunities to enjoy these i believe it's actually every single night they have performers there's there's not a night um some of them are small time performers some of them are oldies, but goodies. I mean, yeah. what, what girl is not going to... Rick Springfield? I mean, come on. Rick Springfield. <laughs> but some of my favorites... Are you a Jesse's girl? You know, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to clarify myself as a Jesse's girl. I kind of like go back to the... 
They have the Commodores. I think the Commodores would be really cool to see. Nice. I can just see them dancing and swinging. They're... They have it. They have it. If you go online, they do have it like broken down by month. Of course, February is only one. But like you said, there's bigger ones and smaller ones. So the February one is this group called The Vibe, which I've never heard of. So I'm assuming that's one of those more local because they do a really cool job of bringing like more local type musicians and, and acts in to give them a platform to perform and, and support oh, them. And then they do have those bigger ones. So yeah. do you do you see that schedule like where it's split up by month? It, it is. They actually, if you go to uh, the Walt Disney World site or just type in Flower and Garden Festival concert series, um, it will actually pull up the show schedule by month. It'll tell you who's performing um, those nights. Now, of course, the acts are subject to change. So just because they say they're going to be there, sometimes schedule conflicts come up and, and they do have to cancel, which I know they hate to do um, because these performers love it as much as we do. Um, you know, they get to go to Disney, um, but they do have it listed down every night. They'll tell you who's performing. I know I looked at it and some of the bigger names, um, they've got Richard Marks, they've got Rick Springfield, they've got the Commodores, they've got the Pointer Sisters, which I think the Pointer Sisters would be a lot of fun. They've got Flock of Seagulls. Flock of Seagulls, I just saw that. <laughs> Mas- that's a pretty good name. Um, she's going to be there. Um, and then they have it. I was looking, um, I'm plain white tees and they just so happen to be there during my scheduled spring break. So mommy might be planning a trip by herself. Oh, (laughs) Oh, when is that? When is that? That is April 19th through like the 22nd. They're actually there a long time. They're there for four nights. They are there for that. That sounds that sounds like a fun trip there. The other local band that I really like is the Hooligans. Yeah, yeah. I like listening to them. So I would love to go see them. Yeah. No, I. you know what? It's a great thing. And what I would recommend to anyone, just because it is first come first serve mm-hmm. seating to a certain extent. Um, what I would recommend. Because it is free, right? Technically, it's free. It's part of the festival. You don't have to buy. You don't have to buy a separate ticket to go see the concert. Yep. You don't even really need a seat because you can just stand on the you know the breezeway by the the pavilion and watch it. But you're you're about to jump into a way of making sure you do have a nice seat for that. Right. Um. They do are. Um. They do offer Garden Rocks concerts dining packages. Um, those can be booked through the normal reservation system um, on your My Disney Experience account at 60 days out or through the length of your stay. And what those do is, I think I looked, um, they've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have seven restaurants that are participating. Those are all located in Epcot. You've got Akershush, Beer Garden, Coral Reef, Garden Grill, La Cellier, Rose and Crown, and Spice Road. And basically what it is is you make a reservation. You have to make it in – you can't just make a reservation at the restaurant. There is a special – when you go into dining, there's a special place you have to go to get the, the Garden Rocks dining package. 
and Sue, oh. that special place is calling you to have you book it for us. Um, there will be plenty 5.30 a.m. wake-up calls. I've already had I, I think this past week I woke up four days at 5.30 a.m. to make uh, client reservations. Um, but you you make those reservations on there. And what happens is you go to the restaurant, you have your usually anywhere from lunch to dinner. But you make your reservation, you go to the restaurant, you have your meal, and after you've completed your meal, when you're doing your check, they'll actually give you a sticker. Um, You put that sticker on, that sticker guarantees you seating in whatever show you're you're assigned for. So you, there is, there's two queue lines. One is for the guaranteed seating. Another one is for what's left. (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, So it's definitely a way if there's somebody you want to see do the dining package because it'll guarantee you seating for that show. So we, so we're looking at it, right. And the prices change depend on the, uh, on the restaurant that you're going to and what meal you're going to. It's not like a flat fee. So if you choose to go have dinner at Le Solaire, it's going to be, you know, $99 for an adult, but you can also go to beer garden in Germany for $60, or you could go have breakfast at uh, Ackerhaus uh, Royal banquet for $66. Or it's a off- garden grill breakfast. That was a pleasant right. so breakfast last time we went. We did not do the uh, dining package for flower and garden, but on our trip, uh, a couple months ago, we went to the candlelight processional and we did the dining package, which works essentially the same exact way. I think it's exactly. restaurants and, and times and everything. Uh, the one thing that we do want to point out is, like Sue said, the package does guarantee you a seat, but it does not guarantee where you're sitting. Right. So it doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to sit up in the first four rows or under the the canopy. It just means that you will have a seat somewhere in the theater, which when we went, a lot of people didn't understand and they were kind of upset. Like, why am I all the way back here? I thought it meant I could be up there. That is also where somewhat of that first come first serve comes in. Like you said, Sue, there's a line. So even though you have that sticker, if you really want a good seat, you still got to get there a little bit earlier to be in the front of that guaranteed seating line in order to be to be up front. Just wanted to throw that out as a warning to people. Uh, and look, and it, it can get a little spicy sometimes. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I'll be honest, even in that guaranteed seating line, I've seen people standing in that line two, two and a half hours yeah. before the show and they're guaranteed a seat but they want to be up in the front of the theater. Um, The other thing to remember with that is you're guaranteed a seat, but you do have to get there by a certain time. Mm -hmm. Once, once they clear that line, they will open the standby lineup for people to come in and fill. They're not going to hold the line until the show's about to start. So, you know, you do have to, to keep in mind that there is, yeah, you know, was it, I think it said something like you have to be there like at least fifteen to twenty minutes before showtime. I think it's twenty minutes before showtime. Right, because they're not going to start letting standby people in and sit down, and then you show up and kick somebody out of a seat. So oh, absolutely, you, you have to you have to be there. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain amount of of courtesy and respect that right. you, know, you you've got to show. But you know what? 
where at Disney don't you get there 15 to 20 minutes before? Right. <laughs> at least. It's, it's kind of normal. Um, but you did hit on a good thing. Um, you know, if you don't want to pay the higher amounts, um, you could do the breakfasts at a couple. I think I think Akershush offer, offers a breakfast. Garden Grill offers a breakfast. Which I think we did enjoy. We thought, and it's a character one too, which was nice. Yeah, it is. And in all honesty, I think it's pretty much the same price you pay if you go normally to the restaurant. Right, I mean, right. It's maybe worth it. a couple dollars more, but it, it's yeah. not anything significant. Yeah, Garden Grill for breakfast for adults it was fifty eight dollars, and for kids it was thirty seven. So that's pretty on par with character breakfasts around the park. You like you said, maybe a couple dollars more, but you're getting a guaranteed seat at a show and a character breakfast. So it's definitely worth it if you're interested in doing both. One other thing I'll mention with that garden package series, a lot of people are like, oh, by the time I booked, it was sold out. Um, it's not a guarantee, but the Regal Eagle Smokehouse, which is the smokehouse in America, you cannot pre-book those reservations, but they do sometimes offer same-day dining packages. So if you have that last-minute trip that comes up and you want to try to get um, a seat, you can go to the Regal Eagle Smokehouse. I would probably recommend you be there as soon as they open to see if they're going to have it. Um, the other thing is packages are not available on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Oh, okay. So Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays, there's no dining packages. So at that point, um, it's really just a standby line that feeds in. So it's definitely a, a very good option for people that want to go to the concert, have the better seat, have a good meal because there's some pretty good restaurants there uh, to use the dining package. Yep. I, I totally agree. But the concert series is not the only fun that you can have at the flower and garden uh, festival, right? Oh no. I mean, you know, there's still events that go on throughout, um, you know, I mean, usually outside Paris, they have the, the, the mime performers, that are over there um, keep up with the uh, the live entertainment that Epcot it's not like they remove that for the festival they keep that going as well you know Canada's still gonna have their band that comes out and plays every day um, <laughs> whichever one it is at the time because I seem to change so often I just still miss off kilter uh, you know don't even talk to me about off kilter <laughs> they, they were the best they were the best but no, and you manage there. There's the kids play areas that are out there. So no, I mean, there's still plenty of fun outside of the garden rocks. It's just, that's the, that's, that's the main, that's the main. And then there's also the scavenger hunts. Have you ever done one of the scavenger hunts? I, you know, I want to say I did. I haven't done one in a while. Um, I know this year they're offering two of them. Uh, one that's based with the Easter eggs. So it'll kind of be that holiday theme. You go through and find all the Easter eggs. Right. Um, that one is a limited time. They they don't do that one for the duration of the festival. It is shortened time around the Easter holiday. It, correct. And then the other one they have is with Spike. Right. And he's the one that's there the whole time. He is so cute. I love looking for the Spike. I I, I think that's going to be, I, I think that's, I think that one's really cute. Um, but basically, for those that that don't know what that is, it's scavenger hunts that are based throughout um, World Showcase. Um, you could go and buy a scavenger hunt card, 
um, is what you purchase. I want to say, are they nine ninety nine plus tax? I think. Yeah, it's uh, like a map and, with like the stickers on it. Right, and then you go find all the different uh, places where the little hidden items are, and you bring your card back, and they give you a special gift for completing the scavenger hunt. But you know what? It's a great way to get a kid, the kids, to go walk in the countries. Yes, it is. You know, because they're always like, we don't we want to ride the ride. Well, let's go do the scavenger hunt. And then that that changes the whole thing. I will say we're lucky with Lincoln because he does actually enjoy World Showcase. Like he likes walking around and seeing the trains, but he does really enjoy hunting for Spike or during food and wine. It's usually Remy or something like that. He loves the scavenger hunts. So what's really funny about the scavenger hunts is on Lincoln's first. Now, we've talked before. Lincoln has been there. But it had been there four times before the time he turned two. And those trips, the first three, were during a festival in which he had to do a scavenger hunt. And then on his fourth trip, there was no scavenger hunt. And can I tell you the amount of disappointment in that little boy? Like, why? Why is there no bee? Where's the bee? Ma, bee. I want to find the bee. And it was just, I was heartbroken for him. <laughs> Yeah, I loved it. I think, what did they title it this year? The Pollination Exploration. So, but, you know, look, can anyone say excitement about the merchandise? Did yeah, just, I just say that's probably the last of the fun, holder, right? Yeah, this year's AP Holder Collection features Spike the Bee. Spike the Bee is cute, but I'm a little disappointed in the lack of figment. So, which is interesting because, so there's four different collections that they have, right? They have an orange bird, a cocoa, a butterfly, and then like you said, Sue, the, the annual pass one is Spike the Bee. But on our last episode, we did a whole episode on Figment, and we mentioned how he has kind of become the unofficial mascot of Epcot, and how he's always in the festivals, and he's always, you know, on the merch, and... Now, unless they are hiding something and they haven't announced it because this is a little bit before the festival and they haven't, you know, whatever, they've announced these four. But Figment uh, is, yeah, he is not, he's not on the merch this year, which would save me money. I think you're going to see Figment be more of a global Epcot thing mm -hmm. now. Um, festival. You know, you're always going to have Figment with Epcot now. Um I, I think that's what they've tried to do with, with Figment is make him more of, you know, you think Epcot, you think Figment. <laughs> and, you know, when you bring in these collections of like the Orange Bird, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I typically associate Orange Bird with Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom, not, yeah. best, not with Epcot. So, but, but Orange Bird fits for Flower and Garden Festival. Right, right. You know, it, it's a way to, to bring them across I, I think they pick a movie and clearly they're emphasizing Coco this year. Mm. Um, you know, with the, the new topiary that's coming out and now, you know, it's one of the collections and then butterflies of course makes sense. Um, and then, and then spike, but yeah, there's four distinct collections this year. Um, and I think the merch is going to be really cute. So it does say that the butterfly one does include Minnie Mouse. So you are getting a little mini in there with the butterfly collection. Correct. Correct. They, You're right. They had a butterfly collection um, a few years ago, and it was really cute. It was on a Donnie and Burke bag, and it was butterflies, but they were kind of like hidden characters. So like there was a figment 
butterfly. There was a mini butterfly on the bag. It was really cute. I wonder if they're going to do something similar like that collection because I really liked that one. You like all of them. I do. So this is this F, this uh, the merch part, the fun part, right? That is where Crystal will spend all of the money. The next F, which is our last one, is where I will spend all of our money. And that's the food because that's the part that makes me love these festivals so much because I already love the food offerings in Epcot. But when you add in the food booths and the outdoor kitchens, I've had so many good little snacks and meals and stuff from those outdoor kitchens that I almost like it more than some of the restaurants that they offer in, in the park. Okay. So I have to ask you this. So yes, the food, it, it, it's that, like I said, there's 18 outdoor kitchens, yeah. but I have to ask you, did you happen to run across the, the, what they're calling the little special one called the garden graze? Oh, so yeah, the garden graze is like the special, uh, thing you could do with the so they do that in all of the festivals they have like like the what the in the food and wine there's like a cheese one where you go you have to go to all the different but we're not all of them but there's like there was a cookie crawl six right so there's like five or six booths that offer different a specific dish and if you get like five of them they stamp your book and then you could bring it back and you get a prize it's kind of like an adult version of the scavenger hunt right where you go around and you have the food Oh, but the deal, like, and we didn't mention this, and you know, it's kind of fun. Um, is with the festival, we didn't even mention they have these little festival passports. Yeah. Um, and it's basically think of it, it's like usually a little book that's like you know two and a half inches by four inches, but it's jam packed. Yeah. <laughs> and it will literally list every outdoor kitchen and every food they offer at the outdoor kitchens. Yes. I'm going to try to make a testament of it this year to try something from every outdoor kitchen. Okay. So Um, this is what we'll say. So of course, if you are a Disney adult, you know of the uh, very popular drinking around the world that is not condoned or put out by Disney, but a lot of Disney fans do where you go from one country to the next and you have an adult beverage. I'm not a big partaker in adult beverages, but I am a big partaker in food. So when the festival comes around, I eat around the world. And my goal, and I think I did it only one time, was in one day to eat something from every booth uh, as we go around. And it is delicious, but difficult. I, You probably rolled me back to the hotel after uh, eating around the world. But yeah, you get that little passport that you're talking about, Sue, and it's free. You don't have to buy that one. You just pick it up. It's fun, like checking them off. Like, I'm going to get this and I'm going to get this and I'm going to get that. So it it almost it's it has become part of our planning a trip when we go during the festival because the menus have been released They're out. They came out a couple of days ago and we will literally look through them and go, OK, we have to make sure we go here to get this and we go here to get before we're even there because it is such a big part of. Why it's kind of like one of those fun things. You you literally sit there. What are you doing? Uh, mapping out where I'm going to eat while I'm going to have Right. right. We, so it's it's great. But the but the the garden graze. Yeah, it's. I think there's eight different locations, and you have to eat at five of the eight. Right. Um. I don't know if they give you bonus points if you eat at all eight right. of the eight. <laughs> but you know, hey, we might just have to try it and find out. It just starts your next five that you have to get. That's it. So the thing that I've, I don't know what it is for this one, because it says you get something. It says you'll receive a specialty treat. Uh, and 
treat insinuates that it's just more food, uh, which we have seen from like the cookie stroll and stuff. Uh, they're like, go eat a bunch of food and we're going to give you a prize, which is more food. So they really do want you to uh, partake in a lot of. Uh, I will be I will be doing that. No yeah. doubt about it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, did y'all look at the food announcements for this year? So we did. And we definitely made a list of some of the things we did our we got to make sure we get this and we got to make sure we get this. And they definitely have things that we have had in the past that we love and we are we, we're like we got to go back and then they have new stuff there's a nice mixture of festival favorites we'll say and new stuff to try yeah it, i mean gosh can i just i get so excited um i mean like the ones that can we talk about the ones that jumped out at us let's do it yeah that's what that's what i thought we would end on because it's the best part yeah. i mean like epcot farmer's feast they have grilled street corn there is no place better to eat grilled street corn than in Epcot. Um, Florida Fresh, there is a grilled warm lobster tail with key oh lobster. Drooling, drooling right now. So that is one of the new dishes this year, but they have had lobster in the past, and it is always a must-do for Crystal. It is, I'll say, probably the most expensive dish at any of the outdoor kitchens, but you have always enjoyed it. Yeah. And the, oh, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm glad to see that the lobster is returning because for a while, the past couple festivals, you've seen um, lobster be removed from the festivals and from a lot of the restaurants. So I'm glad to see that it's returned. Yeah. Mexico, they've got a tamale de rajas. Oh, looks delish. Germany. <laughs> I, I really need three days just to eat. <laughs> Definitely need to pack stretchy pants for this one. So Germany is always a fan favorite of ours, and we always go with the potato pancake. Uh, it's just like potato pancake with their homemade applesauce is just one of the best dishes. So we definitely always do enjoy the potato pancakes. Yeah. Um, and then I know I think it's a favorite of Crystal's, too, in Japan. Brushi is back. Yes, she does enjoy the fruit. Better than frushi. I mean, literally, listen to this: strawberry, pineapple, and lychee wrapped in a coconut rice and pink soy wrap, served with whipped cream drizzled with raspberry sauce and toasted coconut. So I will say, I am. Yeah, that is definitely a crystal favorite. I am not a huge fan of of it. Uh, I don't like coconut. I don't like certain things. I'm not a sushi guy. Um, I, I know it's not actual sushi. I'm, I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> but I, I will say that it is a very, one. it's one of those Instagram friendly dishes. Like people always want to take the picture of the frushi. Uh, another one that we're, we've actually enjoyed a couple of times is over by Test Track. They have a booth called Brunch Cot and they have the Fruit Loop Milkshake. I don't know if you've ever had it, but we enjoy it very much. It tastes just like Fruit Loops. Uh, it's not overly sweet. It, it looks cool. It's I won't say it's as, I don't want to say Instagram worthy, but it's not as like, it doesn't stand out as much as like the pickle shake uh, that we just had where, it, you know, everybody was like, oh, I got to take a video of the pickle shake and try the pickle shake. But I say it's different. It's It looks cool. It's definitely one of those picture worthy dishes. No, absolutely. I think that probably a brunch cut got overlooked by the peach bellini <laughs> mm. with me. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably one that Crystal would would go to. Well, speaking of Bellinis, because they do hail from 
Italy. Italy does have a outdoor kitchen called Primavera Kitchen. And as a card-carrying Italian, I will say that very often we enter going to the Italy Pavilion kind of wary. Uh, it's let us down a few times in the past. And I think a lot of uh, Disney regulars that go to the festival agree that the Italian outdoor kitchen, because of how famous Italy is for its food, maybe a little let down by what they offer. The one thing I will say about their kitchen is they tend to always have new stuff. Every year, it's like it's all new dishes. They don't really bring stuff back very often. I don't know if that's just them trying to be different or they're listening that people don't like what they've served uh, and they're trying something different. It is often one of the more expensive ones as well. Each dish on uh, in general tends to be more than what you would pay in general for like all of the dishes at a, at a different booth. This year, out of all the things that I saw, I want the chocolate cannoli. Um, as long as it's fresh filled and crispy. Um, I want the, I want the penne pasta with the spicy tomato sauce and butterfly shrimp. So if the tomato sauce is good, I'll be right there with you, uh, except for the shrimp. Uh, Crystal's favorite thing from the Italy Pavilion, though, is not food. Uh, it is a beverage, and it's the Prosecco. She always has to get a glass of Prosecco from the Italy Pavilion, even if... The festival is not going on. She will go to the little store in the Italy Pavilion and uh, and get her Prosecco there. But that is the one thing you always want. She's like, you know, I'm not a wine drinker, but there is one. There is one thing I will drink there. Um, you can buy it by the glass. Rosa Regali. Mm. Um, you had that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh. I lose track of what I've had. Favorite. Yeah, it's like a dessert wine almost. But but you're right, Matt. Um, Italy's Italy is an entirely new menu this year. Um, it looks it looks wonderful. I mean, it, it, I'm hoping that it tastes as good as it looks. I mean, because it really, really looks um, good. I will say my favorite booth. I don't know if favorite is going that far word, but my favorite slash safe pick the one that i can always rely on and i always go to for me is northern bloom which is in canada because yeah. I, love, I will always get the beef tenderloin they either have beef tenderloin tips or a little piece of filet with like yukon potatoes and green beans and then crystal they usually have seared scallops which they have this year so she'll get scallops scallops it's, and it's a it's a hearty dish i feel like i could eat that and it's like a little meal and i'm good and it's always delicious. And that is like my go-to. Like I know if I'm kind of let down by some of the other things, if I make a beeline towards Canada, I will be good. Uh, yeah, and they have both this year. They have beef tenderloin mm -hmm. tips and scallops. I'm a scallop girl. Yeah, and I love scallops. So yummy. Yeah, scallops are delish. Scallop, scallops are just yummy. Um, yeah, you know what? I like that they bring some old and new in. Um, you know, I, I took a quick look through the menus. Um, not every place has new stuff, but a lot of them have at least um, one new thing that they're bringing in. Um, you know, they keep the, they keep they're keeping a lot like the citrus blossom, which is so popular. Um, you know, they've got the same orange sesame tempura shrimp and the lemon meringue pie, um, but they've seen new beverages they brought in this year. Right. Um, they have, they have something called a key lime wine slush. Crystal loves that the slushes. Sounds kind of yummy. I was going to say, so at, at France, uh, France tends to be a popular one. 
they have what we've had a few times in the past. They have that beignet, the, the caramelized cream filled beignet with like caramel sauce. But they also have the La Vie and Rose frozen slushy, which Crystal, uh, that is like a must get for her when we go. That's frequently in my hand. Show no shame, sister. Nope. <laughs> uh-uh. you, you... We definitely might or might not have a picture of me in the stroller after a festival. Me pushing her in a stroller. Yeah, around world choking. How many slushes did you have there, Crystal? I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of different slushes around the world. Know, just... uh, you know, it's just one time. You got to. Do... <laughs> oh, oh, you've got to do what you've got to do. What I do love about some of the slushes, especially like the honey peach freeze, is we can make it alcoholic or non-alcoholic. So if you're, you know, I like the non-alcoholic one, right? Yeah. If you're not into drinking around the world, or if you want to drink in around the world responsibly, which is how the public service announcement, which is how everybody should drink. In general, but especially when you're in Disney World with little kids and families everywhere, you should not be drinking so much where you're trying to relax in the fountain in front of the France Pavilion. Just have a couple beverages, drink, eat some food, and have a good time. You don't got to be crazy. I'm not going to ask anything about you. You didn't say at the fountain. You said in the fountain. You didn't see that. You didn't see that picture. That no, was over the absolutely. that was over the summer. There, these people got like it was. I think it was during like the cheer uh, event that they do over there. And I guess they just decided to sit. They were in the fountain, like they got hot in the fountain in front of France. They got hot. I was like, Are "You kidding me? Like, why would you think that's okay? That, that's a totally different thing. We should do an episode on things you should not do. Yeah. Common sense things you should not do. In it. <laughs> fun one. The menus look absolutely delicious um, well and the cool thing too is the food options aren't just in those outdoor kitchens there are other locations where they do special things like at connections cafe two of the things that like i want are the hot honey chicken sandwich and the, they have like an orange bird waffle with like an orange bird like sugar thing on top of it which looks pretty cool i know joffrey's usually does a bunch of specialty coffees at each of the different locations around epcot and like the, like the funnel cake place over in the America Pavilion usually has one for the festival. So you can also find other things in other locations, but they are all in that booklet that you talked about. So it's, yeah. it's, it's very handy to have one of those to find everything. Yeah. So I'm about to make Crystal. She's going to be like, <laughs> so like for the first time, it never, ever, ever happens like this for me. I'm actually going to be down there on the second day of the festival. <laughs> Ooh, very nice. We're going to have to have you t- do like a takeover of the Instagram and put a bunch and of stuff. I am, I am going to be experiencing Epcot that entire day. Nice. That's the best way to do it. I'm very, very jealous. And please package me up some drinks and some snacks and mail them my way, please. Uh, it will be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And I didn't even really realize it until just a few days ago. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Are you already planning? What's the number one thing you're going to go try? The the lobster. <laughs> I want to go try that lobster with you. Lo- I, think, I think that would be my number one, followed closely by the frushi. I 
I'll manage my way back to to Frushi Land. Don't worry. Old oldie but a goodie. Oldie but a goodie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be a day of a lot of pictures and a lot of eating, and and I have to find stretchy shorts. Um. So yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great day. <laughs> Dude, I think you should. I think you have to do the spike scavenger hunt. Okay, I'll do it. Do it. You got to do it. Do it. Oh, it's so much fun. And I'm going to do the garden grays too, because I want to see the free, the little free, I'm going to be spending, but you know, one of my favorite things about food and, and garden, and this is fun. Um, have you ever seen the little, um, and this is great. Everybody's like, oh, I don't play top of the, have you ever seen like the little mini um, gift cards that come on the little wristlets? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you see they're cute this year? There's an orange bird one and a spike one. And what I really is I'll get one and I'll load a hundred bucks onto it. And I just put it on my wrist and I go around tapping away. There you go. It's um, easier. I love that. It's on the wrist. Yeah. We have one. I Matt got me one for it with Figman and he loaded whatever the minimum was just so I could have it. Um, but I love that it's on the wrist, especially for the food and wine. Cause then you don't have to worry about your wallet, your phone, your keys, your, you know, all that. You just hand them your wrist. You know, and look, you have a magic band. That's it, magic bands work kind of the same, except you don't have to put your pin number in. You just scan because it's a gift card. Yep, so, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. So anyway, so make sure if you want a little wristlet, they're cute this year. There's orange birds and there's spike debate. But uh, how do you like that for the three Fs? Food, fun, and flowers. Love it. Love it. We're going to put that up. That's how we're going. I think that's how we're going to uh, promote the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The three Fs. I like it. So great festival, lots of fun. Um, if you have the opportunity to go, definitely go. If you're thinking about going, reach out to Sue. Right, she's definitely the best contact that that knows all of the dates and when she could book things for you, and definitely makes it easier. Right, she'll wake up at five thirty in the morning to get you that dining package if you want. So Sue. Other than the festival going on, though, to make that trip a little bit easier, I know that Disney has a bunch of different promotions going on if people were interested. Uh, can you just quickly tell them, like, what's going on? So if they did call you, you know, these are some of the things that you could get for them. Yeah, they do. They have some great um, – it depends on what your um, what you have access to. Um, during this time right now, um, it changes a little bit over the dates. Um, there's a 20% offer on, on rooms that you can take advantage of. Um, there's a Disney visa card member offer that's out. Um, there's a Florida resident offer that's out. There's an annual pass holder offer that's out. <laughs> um, I mean, there is an offer. I promise you, we can find you an offer, <laughs> uh, no matter when you want to go. And then a little bit later in the season, I think the 20% room offer goes away and they have like a, a I think it's the stay, play and save more offer um, that comes out. It depends on the level of hotel that you stay at, value moderate or deluxe as to how much you get off. Um, but the stay longer and save more offer runs the 20% is like from now through mid to late March. And then the stay longer and save more kicks in when that ends in March and goes all the way through July. So, no, they've got some wonderful offers out right now. 
Um, so whether you're a Disney Visa card holder, an annual pass holder, a Florida resident, or just someone who lives anywhere else in the world that wants to go experience it, um, I can definitely find you an offer. <laughs> and that is why you're our preferred travel agent. <laughs> That's it. And, you know, the other thing, thing, and I suspect it will be the same, although we haven't seen it, is, you know, the dining plans back. And typically the snack credits, oh. the dining plan, can typically be used at the outdoor kitchen booths. That's a huge thing that we didn't even touch on because I forgot about it because it's been gone since the pandemic. This is the first year, right, where it's coming back. It's going to be the first even year. Though, even though all of the menus had the little dining plan logo on them last year, we were like, oh, maybe it's going to happen. But that is the biggest pro tip of using the dining plan is the snack like we were talking about how at in the ca the Canada Pavilion you could go get a you know beef tenderloin dips or scallops that's a snack credit yeah. you don't have to use a quick service meal it's, or whatever it's a little meal for a snack it's the one time when you tell your kids they're not getting their snack credits mommy and daddy right yeah I'll buy you your popcorn I'm gonna use this on filet mignon instead exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that is that is something nice to consider if you do do the dining plan. Um, you can use typically those snack credits. Um, like I said, although we haven't seen it come out yet, um, I'd be surprised if that was changed. Um, you know, no guarantees, but typically in the past, you could use uh, snack credits for those. That'd be awesome. That was like the best part. That was the that literally was always the biggest pro tip we could give our friends and stuff when they were going down was use your snack credits. All right. Well, I mean, there's a lot there, right? The the Flower and Garden Festival, all of the festivals, they offer so much. We only briefly scratched the surface of the different food that you can get and the drinks at all of the outdoor kitchen. So there's a lot of fun. I hope everybody gets to go. Sue, we're definitely jealous you're going to be there. You're going to have to share everything with us when you, you get to go down. Uh, but thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing with us. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. And uh, I... I can't wait to experience it and uh, and get down there and, and see what they have to offer this year. Awesome. All right. Well, Ohana, that is it for today's episode. We want to thank our guest, Sue, for joining us and chatting about this year's Flower and Garden Festival coming up at the end of this month, just a couple of days away. We also want to thank all of you for tuning in. Be sure to hit that follow button to stay up to date on our latest episodes as they come out. And we also want to invite you to be on the podcast to share your Disney story. Feel free to reach out to us either through our website, Married to a Disney Addict, or over on our social pages on Facebook and Instagram by searching Married to a Disney Addict to become part of the Ohana. Thanks again for joining us this week, and as always, see you real soon.